Welcome to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. I'm Steve Casillo with the February 22nd, 2023, 161st edition. Always broadcasting from the Selmark Studios along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. It's Ash Wednesday, my friends. Peace be with you. Coming up today, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. School board ballot sees last minute changes. One withdrawal and one addition to the city council ballot. Mansfield City Council named City Council of the Year. And we conclude with a thank you to you, our listeners. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve continues his conversation with MISD Chief of Police, Greg Minter. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. Hi, I'm Karen Marcucci, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The MISD School Board of Trustees ballot for the May elections saw some movement on Friday's deadline to file date. Place six is an open seat vacated by Warren Davis, who opted not to run for re-election. On the ballot are Dustin McDonald, Quentin V. Huckabee, Ann Wydeck, and Benita Reed. And Colleen, just like Dorothy said in The Wizard of Oz, People come and go so quickly here. About Mansfield received word on Tuesday morning that Sabah Ahmed has filed to withdraw from the Place 7 race, leaving incumbent Courtney Lackey Wilson as the lone unopposed candidate. We will give you more information about the candidates in the episodes ahead, and About Mansfield listeners can look forward to in-studio interviews with each of the candidates well before the April 24th start of early voting. Over on the city council side, the May ballot saw some additions and one deletion as of the Friday deadline, as Juan Fresquez Jr. submitted his certificate of withdrawal, leaving incumbent Larry Brosh the lone candidate for place seven. In the race for place six, incumbent Todd Tenori has a last-second opponent by way of Gary Cardinale, while the special election for place three shows Brent Newsom going head-to-head with Scott Bowman. Again, early voting starts April 24th, runs through May 2nd, with election day falling on Saturday, May 6th. The Texas City Management Association has selected the Mansfield City Council as the recipient for its City Council of the Year Award. This award recognizes and honors city councils that have made significant contributions to local government in Texas. 
the organization recognized the city council's commitment to ethics, citizen welfare, policymaking, financial management, and promoting positive community relations in 2022. The Mansfield City Council was selected among submissions from across the state. The organization is composed of municipal government professionals from across the state. It holds the highest standards for governance, service, leadership, and ethics, and will celebrate the city council at its annual conference held in Allen in June. And finally, it's not really a news story as much as it is a thank you to the About Mansfield listening audience. Last week, this very podcast topped the 50,000 listens mark, which for a local podcast is huge. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartMedia, or our website, all of those figures are combined and tallied on our server. So with a warm heart of gratitude and on behalf of the entire staff of volunteers and our sponsors, thank you for making About Mansfield your online source for news, talk, and information. If you have a comment about the show, you can reach us by voicemail at 817-435-2938. Again, 817-435-2938 or by email at news at aboutmansfield.com. From the mailbag, Chris writes, as a longtime listener of the show, I would like to ask, was there nothing more interesting or important you find to talk about in Mansfield this week other than cocktail cherries? Thank you for the email, Chris. By the way, the Bourbon Gospel Boys will be back in June to talk about their past and present charity work. Thursday, February 23rd is National Chili Day, which takes place annually on the fourth Thursday in February. National Chili Day is our moment to pay respect to the legendary dish that brings people together or can tear them apart. Chili is the ultimate people pleaser, but it's also the ultimate cook-off dish. Family recipes are guarded like crown jewels, and secret recipes are never spoken of above a whisper. And the debates about what makes true chili, beans or no beans, yeah, it's pretty fierce. But these are all part of what makes chili such a great experience. And when chili is being served, perhaps with some chopped onions or shredded cheese or jalapenos on top, everyone comes to the table. So how does one observe National Chili Day? Make some chili. Invite some friends over to warm up over a bowl. Share your recipes or perhaps host a chili cook-off. Of course, a hot bowl of chili is best eaten on a chilly day. Let's head on over to the weather desk to see if chili, C-H-I-L-L-Y, or chili, C-H-I-L-I, is in the forecast for the upcoming week, Colleen. We're mostly staying in a phase of above-average temperatures, Steve, very spring-like, with only Friday's temperatures qualifying as chilly weather worthy of a hot bowl of chili. We've got a front moving through Wednesday morning that will bring us an 80% chance of rain, and that should move out by midday. There's a slight chance of perhaps level one severe weather with that system, with potentially isolated thunderstorms that might contain small hail. There's another system coming through on Friday, no severe weather chance, just a slight chance of rain Friday through Monday. We're looking at a high of 77 degrees on Wednesday, 68 degrees on Thursday, 56 degrees on Friday, 68 degrees on Saturday, 75 degrees on Sunday, 71 degrees on Monday, and 70 degrees on Tuesday. 
Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. I'm Angel Biasati. It's time to sneak more fiber into your diet as March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. And we'll talk about it in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. You've heard of them. You've also been told they're a terrible option and to avoid them at all costs. I'm Beth Steinke, and today on the Mansfield Real Estate Report, we're going to explore the mystical, magical, and often misunderstood reverse mortgage. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that will have you showing off your new bar skills. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is about Mansfield. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community. And why so many people trust Methodist. Congratulations to Sophia James, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What is the name of the Mansfield Fire Rescue Chief? According to the City of Mansfield website, the Mansfield Fire Rescue Chief is Michael Ross. Sophia has won a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio 3.0. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. What started out as an audio-only studio, Podcast Mansfield is now a full-service audio and video recording studio, complete with custom green screen backgrounds, two high-definition cameras, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and we can also help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Wealth Building Made Simple, We Are TPM, and Wealth Think Tank Television, just to name a few. So whether you're a hands-on person or just need a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is here to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. If you are the first person to email the correct answer to trivia 
at aboutmansfield.com, you will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. By the way, don't forget, not every winner wins on Wednesday. So if you're listening on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, give it a shot. You may be taking home a $25 restaurant gift card. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, the Mansfield Independent School District has been the governing agency for the schools in this area for well over a century. This week's trivia question is, when was the Mansfield ISD established? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, when was the Mansfield ISD established? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, I'm Kezia valdez Ferrar, Mansfield ISD School Board Trustee, Place 4, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Angel Biasati is here with tips on how to increase your fiber intake in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Angel? Most of us know we need fiber to maintain good digestive health, but did you know It may also help prevent chronic conditions such as type 2 diabetes, colorectal cancer, heart disease, and high cholesterol. In order to reap the benefits of fiber, we must consume certain types of complex carbohydrates. Most of us don't consume enough. Men should consume between 30 and 38 grams per day, and women should try to eat between 21 and 25 grams of fiber today. It's crucial in keeping our digestion on track. It also helps normalize our glucose and cholesterol levels, so it can play a vital role in managing and preventing chronic conditions. Researchers have found that for every 8-gram increase in dietary fiber we consume each day, the risk of early death, colon cancer, heart disease, and type 2 diabetes drops by 5 to 27%. Since fiber has such an impact on our health, here's some easy ways to get more of it. It's important to eat breakfast and make your first meal count. Oatmeal is a yummy classic and has 5 grams of fiber per cup. You can spice it up with apples to give it an extra boost, If it's still too bland, add brown sugar, cinnamon, nuts, or all of the above to make it tastier. Cold cereal can also be a good option if oats aren't your favorite. Some brand cereals contain 5 grams of fiber per serving. If you're in a hurry, skip the milk and eat the cereal dry on your way to work. Fruits are another good addition to a high-fiber diet, whether it's apples as a snack, a side of cantaloupe, or a nutritious dessert of berries. A cup of strawberries has three grams of fiber, and the same goes for a whole banana. Adding a side of veggies to every meal is an easy opportunity to add fiber to your plate. For example, a cup of cooked Brussels sprouts has four grams, bringing you closer to that daily goal. You can also fill up on snacks. Low-fat popcorn and peanuts are satisfying snack that can help keep the hunger pains away. Two cups of pop popcorn comes with three grams of fiber, but go real light on the butter and salt. 
or your healthy snack can quickly pack on the calories and raise your blood pressure. Peanuts are another guilt-free snack option that has a substantial amount of fiber. Just a half cup of peanuts comes with around eight grams of fiber. Being more conscious about your intake of fiber won't just lower your risk for chronic disease and make your tummy happy, it could also keep your waistline under control by reducing your appetite. A fiber-rich diet will not only keep you regular, it may help keep diseases away and will also help you maintain a healthy weight. Fiber-rich foods are often lower in calories and carbohydrates. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Realtor Beth Steinke explores the pros and cons of a reverse mortgage in the Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. One of the most difficult and rewarding parts of our job as real estate agents is to find solutions that really work for our clients. And it isn't always, hey, let's list your house, get it on the market. One of those creative options can be a reverse mortgage. There is a lot of decades-old information about reverse mortgages out there. And to be fair, when the program was launched, it had a bumpy start. From 1961 until the 80s, they were privately devised loan arrangements between the bank and the borrower. But in 1989, reverse mortgages became a government-backed and regulated loan product. Widespread use happened in the 2000s, and in 2010, new rules and protections were put in place for them. Now, let me fully define what a reverse mortgage is and what it isn't. It is a type of loan that is designed for seniors age 62 and older who own their homes outright or have significant equity. Unlike a traditional mortgage, a reverse mortgage allows homeowners to borrow money against the equity in their home without making monthly payments. Instead, the loan is paid off when the homeowner dies, sells the home, or moves out permanently. One of the main advantages is that it can provide additional income for retirees who may be struggling to make ends meet. With a reverse mortgage, homeowners can receive a lump sum, monthly payment, or a line of credit that they can use to pay for everyday expenses or unexpected costs. This can be especially helpful for seniors who may be on a fixed income or have limited retirement savings. Another benefit of the reverse mortgage is that it allows seniors to stay in their homes and age in place. This is especially important for those who may not have family nearby or not able to afford the cost of an assisted living or other senior living options. With a reverse mortgage, seniors can access the equity in their homes without having to sell or move out, which can provide them with peace of mind and stability in their later years. Reverse mortgages can also provide tax-free income, which can be a significant advantage for seniors who are worried about their tax liability. Because the loan is not considered income, it's not subject to income taxes, which can help seniors stretch their retirement income even further. Additionally, the proceeds from a reverse mortgage are not considered assets for Medicaid eligibility, which is also very important for seniors who may need to access those benefits for long-term care. Despite these benefits, there are some downsides to reverse mortgages that seniors should be aware of. One of the main disadvantages is that they can be an expensive option. Reverse mortgages typically come with higher fees and interest rates than traditional mortgages, which can eat up the equity that homeowners have built up in their homes over time. And additionally, because the loan is not paid off until the homeowner dies, sells, or moves out, interest charges can accumulate over time, which can make the original loan balance much larger than the original amount borrowed. One of the major concerns many seniors have around the reverse mortgage is what happens to their home when they pass. And often their house is their biggest asset that they had hoped to leave their children. The heirs have a few choices. 
They can pay off the loan balance and then do as they wish with the home in their own time. Or if they do not have the funds to satisfy the loan, they will need to sell the home. This is a little bit challenging to explain, so bear with me as I go through this. If the loan balance is less than the home's current value, your heirs can use the sale proceeds to repay the loan and keep the difference. If the balance owed on the loan is more than what the home is worth, your heirs can sell the home for at least 95% of its current appraised value, and that will satisfy the loan in full, regardless of the balance. The remaining balance of the loan is covered by the mortgage insurance that the reverse mortgage borrower paid during the duration of the loan and not the responsibility of the heirs. There are some other factors that seniors should consider before taking out a reverse mortgage. Some seniors who have significant equity in their home may be better off selling their home and downsizing to a smaller, more affordable home. This can provide them with cash that they can use for retirement expenses without incurring any fees or interest charges associated with a reverse mortgage. This option is very specific to the personal situation. If they own a gorgeous 5,000 square foot estate on five acres, that may make perfect sense. If they have a standard home on a standard lot, then they might not find a better home for a better price. And then you add the stress of moving. It's just much to consider to make a truly informed decision. In addition to the traditional reverse mortgage, there is also a program called the reverse mortgage for purchase. This program allows seniors to use a reverse mortgage to purchase a new home. With a reverse mortgage for purchase, seniors can use the equity in their current home as a down payment on the new home, or in some cases, purchase the home outright, which can help them downsize or move into a more senior-friendly community. This type of reverse mortgage can be especially helpful for those who want to relocate to a new area to be closer to family or to move into a newer home with lower maintenance costs. There are a few important requirements that must be met in order to qualify for a reverse mortgage. Borrowers must be at least 62 years old and must own their home outright or have significant equity. They must also complete a counseling session with an approved reverse mortgage counselor before they can apply for the loan. Despite the drawbacks, there are some seniors who may be well-suited for a reverse mortgage. For example, those who have no other source of income or who are struggling to make ends meet may benefit significantly from a reverse mortgage. Similarly, seniors who want to stay in their home and age in place, but who need additional income to do so and to cover expenses may find that a reverse mortgage is the best option. Now, those who know me well know that I call it like I see it, and I provide the very best advice I possibly can, and we have encountered a number of seniors seriously struggling financially, but own their homes outright. And almost every time we mention the option of a reverse mortgage, without fail, one of the children step in and tell them that it's a bad idea, even without fully understanding the benefits to their parent. I'll leave out my opinion as to why they might have done that, but I highly recommend they fully understand their own motives and all of the options available to help their parents. And I hope it goes without saying, please consult with a financial advisor before making any permanent financial decisions as a senior adult. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of February 17th, there are 76 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. That number keeps dropping, indicating that homes are selling, and we are very low on new listings. Homes this week range from a $180,000 investor special, with the list topping out at $1.2 million. We have 11 houses priced under $300,000 and three houses over $1 million. Last week, 18 homes sold in Mansfield at an average sales price of $457,000. Those homes were on the market for an average of 110 days. 
But this did include four new construction homes. So when we take that data out, our average sold price is 429000 with 91 days on market. What's on your mind about the Mansfield real estate market? Send me a message at info at aboutmansfield.com and maybe you'll end up featured on a future segment. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight Company. Shaken or stirred. Either way, you know it's going to be good as Brian Certain serves up another freezer door cocktail in the cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the freezer door old-fashioned. A couple of weeks ago, I started a new series on freezer door cocktails. If the term is new to you, where have you been? But just so if you don't know what it is, it's an all-in-one pre-mixed drink right in a liquor bottle that can be made ahead and left in the freezer until ready to serve. Again, thank you to BHG.com for some background information on freezer door cocktails. And a question for you. I know there's a trivia question every week. I love trivia. Here's a trivia question for you. How many ounces are in a 750 milliliter bottle of spirits? We aren't going to wait for viewers to chime in because I'm going to let you know it's 25.3 ounces. So that's the beginning of understanding how to do the freezer door math to figure out how do you do your own cocktails. So if you're making a freezer door cocktail, you just have the original proportions of a drink, three parts this, two parts this, one part this, divide that all into the 25 ounces, and then multiply out to get you to the 750 bottle. Sometimes I'll talk about pouring off. Sometimes I'm pouring straight into a new bottle. Really, it's the same process. It's just sometimes one process is easier than the other. But as always, don't worry about taking notes. Is that I'll be giving out the ingredients and instructions, and as always, posting them on bourbongospel.com. So the freezer door old-fashioned, what does it look like? You're going to start with a 750 milliliter bottle of Evan Williams bottled in bond. You're going to pour off 10 ounces. You're then going to pour in eight ounces of a quality simple syrup. The best quality simple syrups, they're the ones you make at home. Then you're going to add two ounces of a good quality bitter. When you go to make the cocktail, make sure the top is on tight. Give the bottle a thorough shake. Pour about three and a half ounces into an old-fashioned glass. Add one big-ass ice cube and top it with one to three Lozardo cherries along with a little bit of the syrup. And enjoy. As always, I'm open to hear you're taking your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Hi, I'm MISD School Board President Courtney Lackey-Wilson, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, it is part two of our interview with Mansfield ISD Chief of Police, Greg Minter. Enjoy. You were doing personal protection for Robert Bass? Yes, sir. Describe a, a typical day. Oh, it's boring. It's it's, it's boring. <laughs> it's a, so it's security detail. Well, it um, is. So he had he uh, two different sides. You had a uniform side, and then you had your plain clothes, your executive side. The executive side pretty much watched over him and and immediate family. Uh, it would be similar to Secret Service today. Okay. Uh, I was on the uniform side. So the uniform side, uh, we had a front guard post, a rear guard post that is his house. Mm -hmm. And then we had a roaming 
post in a vehicle. So we would drive around. And then we had our main office post. And so you spent two hours at each post during an eight-hour shift. And uh, it's a lot like the military being on guard duty and just being bored out of your mind. Oh, no. But being ready. Yeah. But bored. Ready but bored. Ready but bored. The best training I've ever had uh, in my life was when I worked for them. Really? Oh, yes. Well, think about it. You work for a billionaire. Mm-hmm. The budget that he has to train you to protect him and his immediate family, we uh, we did a lot of training. Was it the best? I know the Bass Brothers brought in security around Sundance Square. Were you part of that as well? No, this was separate. Just, okay. So this was so Robert Bass just kind of uh, broke off from the rest of the family and wanted his own protection. And so I came in after that had begun and was, I, I guess it was in place probably a couple of years before I, I started working for them. But, uh, yeah, he, he just wanted something separate from the rest of the family. And if he went somewhere, his detail went with him. We kind of like the Secret Service scopes out certain things and they have an advance party. And so the advance party goes out. They they the, look at the, the area, they look at the hotel, they look at uh, uh, response times, I mean, all kinds of things. Hospitals, where are those located? How long does it take to get to this hospital if you're on this side of town? Uh, routes that you would drive, what's an alternate route if there are issues or traffic? Uh, just a lot of things that the advance team looks at. And then right prior to, uh, say, Mr. Bass going, then the team would go and be there waiting. Yeah. So whenever he got there, uh, everything was set in place, everything was ready. Uh, and that was business trips, uh, vacations, you name it. Wow. Yep. You got to go on vacation with Robert Bass? Well, not with him. <laughs> but, <laughs> nice. it, it wasn't quite that exciting. But, yes, I've, uh, I've, I've been to uh, vacation locations, uh, and uh, it's, it's pretty boring. Maybe a couple of examples of where you've been. Well, uh, so not, not to give away secrets of where Robert Bass likes East to Coast. Vac- East, okay. East Coast and a lot of water. Yeah, okay. And you hear a lot of bells at night and it drives you crazy. Wow. But uh, nice, nice areas that you read about for uh, Rockefellers and, and people, you know. Yeah. Uh, with that esteem that, that live in the area, vacation in the area. I wouldn't wouldn't trade it. It was a good experience. Yeah. And how many people worked on his detail at any given time? Well, it, it would, a lot of it depends on exactly what he's doing, where he's going. Yeah. Uh, as anybody, you know, in a position like that, let's say uh, for a vacation, probably six individuals. Uh, again, you have your your executive, your suit and coat individuals, and then. Not necessarily uniforms on vacation, but you're not right there with him at all times. Your your job is a little different. You're protecting property and making sure nobody gets close. On vacation, then are you the securities? Are you plain clothes? Yes. Hawaiian shirt and khaki shorts, or mm, not not that relaxed. Okay, but but not not enough to stand out either. Yeah. 
I think we've talked more uh, about Robert Bass enough. <laughs> you, like you said, you had enough. You always felt it was time for to be a police officer. I did, and so I went to TCC and spoke with a coordinator for uh, their police academy. And I wasn't sponsored. And sponsor means basically that you either are in the hiring process with the department. Or you've got somebody in law enforcement, some organization that is uh, basically saying, sponsoring you by saying, hey, I've done a background on this individual. He's a good individual. He'll make a good police officer. Uh, But we're just not hiring right now. Uh, So I went there. And uh, like I said, when I was with Bass, we did a lot of training. Some of the training that we did was at TCC's uh, police academy on their ranges. and so talking to the coordinator, uh, he was giving me the spill, telling me we our class sizes are normally full. Uh, if you're not sponsored, it's going to be difficult for you to get in. And uh, he asked me what I was what I did right then. And I told him and he said, OK, I'm going to give you the name of an individual, a constable. Uh, I want you to go see him. And uh, he's going to sponsor you so you can get into the police academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, the experience that you have, uh, uh, I need you. I need you in this academy. I have a lot of inexperienced young individuals. And uh, uh, so I did. And I got into the police academy. And that's where I started. Constables are also... Police officers? Uh, More on the civil side, but yes. Okay. I was going to ask you then to describe what a the, the difference between a police officer and a constable. Really, the civil process. So we deal, uh, your municipal officers, even uh, your school district police officers, uh, sheriffs, uh, DPS, we deal on criminal side. Okay. Okay. Your constables are dealing more with... Uh, Getting people that don't pay their rent uh, evicted, okay. serving subpoenas exactly. So they they do the civil process, yeah, uh, not so much, but they have the same powers. Would they 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 work for the courts then? They as, do. A, as opposed to the police department, county more than, but they yes. are officers. Of, they are of the law. They have the same powers. Okay, uh, you're at TCC. You're doing some training. Um, how long is the uh, the training process? Uh, back then, it was five, six months. Okay. And Pretty so, quick. So TECO, uh, Texas Commission on Law Enforcement in the state of Texas, uh, they're in charge of the training and regulating police officers, how much training, what kind of training, when you have to have your training. Uh, and so they determine basically what you have to be taught in the police academy. And it, it seems like every couple of years, something's added. So that's more hours and yeah. more hours. Uh, so it, it was about five months back then. Uh, uh, while I was in the academy, the uh, Azel Police Department had an opening. And so my coordinator was retired from Azel, and uh, he pointed me in their direction. So I went, I tested, uh, and I was hired. That was my, my first police department, and I've only been with two. Uh, hmm. Them and Mansfield ISD. So, officer mentor hired 
And what year are we looking at now in, in Azel? 97. 97. Um, 23, 26 years ago. Yes, sir. All right. And uh, how long were you an officer in Azel? Seven and a half years. What are some typical calls that you would get as an officer in Azel? Again, Azel, like uh, another small town. Right. So probably not a whole lot of activity. A typical call in Azel. It's it's it would be no different than Mansfield. Uh, Mansfield is uh, much larger as far as uh, number of citizens mm-hmm. uh, than Azel. Uh, when I was at Azel, population was less than ten thousand. Uh, if it's more than that now, it's not much more than that. Uh, you know, and and Mansfield ISD Police Department much larger than the Azel Police Department. Even today, uh, but typical calls: your your thefts, your gas drive offs during the day, uh, hmm. your your domestics during the evenings, Friday nights, Saturday nights, uh, and, and ranges from you know speeding to murder. I mean, they had it. Mansfield too. Yes, sir. The. I would assume in a city of 10,000, you got to know just about everybody. You did. Uh, it was small. Everybody knew you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there are people on the Mansfield Police Department that are officers that mm-hmm. are that are fairly well-known in the community, and they get out there, and they're, they are they're the face of the police department, and... and was that a situation in in Azel where you go to the uh, the the local grocery store and and oh there's uh, on his day off so Officer, officer Mentor yes uh, and true story yeah so about a month ago uh, I'm in a Lowe's in Weatherford and two individuals are looking at me and typically as a police officer when you when you know you've been an officer for 26 years. People start looking at you, you know it's because they know you or know something about you probably on the law enforcement side. And so they approached me, and I knew I'd seen them, but didn't quite recognize them. But I knew I'd seen them before. Well, it was towards the start of my career Mm -hmm. at Azel. Uh, One of the things that I did is I taught Introduction to Criminal Justice. Um, and they were, one of them was a student. Uh, the other was also a student, but they had gotten married after they graduated high school. And so that many years later, of course, their appearance had changed. And so, but it was still enough for me to go, I know I've seen them. I just can't place them. And they, they walked up to me and said, you don't know who we are, do you? Okay. And I said, I do know that I recognize you. And then we started talking about Azel and, and Azel High School and uh, how many years it's been and, and that kind of thing. So still run into people today that I knew 25 years ago uh, or uh, was part of their life yeah. in, in some way, somehow. So and, and, you know, I told you I taught introduction to criminal justice. I didn't do that as a teacher. I did that as an officer. And while I was at Hazel and wasn't there very long, about a year, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, typically, they tell you in law enforcement, it takes two years for you to get comfortable with patrol. Uh, and not to the point where you think you know everything, but just comfortable. I'd only been there a year. And the city and the school district decided they wanted to start an SRO program. SRO. School Resource Officer. Okay. So, and and that's what it's called if uh, if a school district contracts with the municipality or sheriff's department or whoever, they typically call them SROs, school resource officers. Uh, and we're to this day even referred to as SROs uh, in Mansfield ISD Police Department. We're not. We're Mansfield ISD Police Officers. Uh, but they decided they wanted to create this. And my supervisor came to me and said, hey, if you want to be a team player, you need to put in for this. I said, okay. Not really comfortable being a patrol officer yet, but I'll do it. And so I put in for it, and I think we had six or seven officers that put in for it. Well, I ended up getting picked. And uh, there was a you know a series of uh, interviews, things like that, with the police department. And then we had a panel put together for the school district. Uh, upper administrators, that kind of thing. Uh, and then they made their choice. And they chose me because of my prior military service. Uh, they felt that that would kind of help in that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started the program for Azel ISD and uh, the Azel Police Department. And I'm still uh, friends with the s- superintendent who back then uh, was the ag teacher. Okay, <laughs> working so so he was at the high school as the yep. ag teacher, and then he he worked his way up, became uh, uh, assistant principal at the high school, and then principal for one of the elementaries, uh, and then uh, here within I don't know the last three four years uh, he superintendent, hmm. uh, and anyways, well you look at Doctor Cantu who started here at MISD mm-hmm. as a volleyball coach. And worked her way up to yes, sir. superintendent. Yes, sir. It's um, very similar. It is. Uh, the relationships that I built then, I'm still in contact with, with those individuals today. Yeah. Uh, especially since I transitioned from being a municipal officer uh, to a full-time school district police officer. And... So starting that program, I was asked uh, by my lieutenant how long it would take me to to build a successful program that he could put a different officer in there after me and they'd be successful. I said, three years. Hmm. Well, in two years, and and that position back then was a non-promotable position. So to stay in that position, you couldn't be promoted. And we had promotions that came up in the police department during that first two years that I didn't put in for because I wanted to make sure that that program became successful. And so after two years, another promotion came up and I said, I can't pass these up anymore. So I put in for it. I was promoted, became an investigator, uh, went back to the police department and, uh, about, it was less than a year. Uh, Lieutenant came back to me and said, Hey, I need you to go back to, uh, to the high school, to the school. And uh, so I went back up there and uh, finished the school year out, 
Then I was promoted to sergeant, went back uh, to patrol, and we had an officer that left there and came to Mansfield ISD uh, Police Department. Ah, the connection. The connection. Yep. And so he kept telling me, hey, you really need to think about this. You really need to think about this. And, uh, you know, one of the things that police officers uh, tend not to do is really read a lot of the education code. <laughs> it, really, it really doesn't have much to do with a municipal police officer yeah. or, you know, a patrol officer. Uh, I became Azel's department expert whenever it came to juvenile law uh, because of the position that I was in. And so when officers had questions, they'd always come to me. And so this officer knew that, remembered that, and thought, hey, you'd be a great fit for Mansfield ISD. And so I'd looked at it a couple of times and uh, really decided, yeah, you know, not not yet, just not ready for that. And then I really kind of had that calling to to be in schools and mm-hmm. around students and help students. And so I really dove in and looked at Mansfield, and it was exploding at that time period. I mean. Houses going up, schools being built. Uh, my first year here, Timberview opened. And okay. what year? That was uh, 2004. 2004. That was the year I moved to Texas. Mm. And all right, before we get into MISD, because I still have questions about Azel. <laughs> that, all right, so it's a town of 10,000. It was. And you know... Like I, we talked about, we you know a lot of the people there. You do you, from whether neighbors or or friends of friends and stuff. As a police officer, did you did you ever have to interact in a legal standpoint against a friend or a friend of a friend? Sure, sure. You're, you're it's going to happen as a police officer. Uh, it's not going to happen all the time, uh, but it will happen. And uh, you have to have a mindset before then uh, that you're going to deal with that individual just like you would anybody else. Sure. So, yes, it did happen. That you know, you're called to, you, you get a call over the radio and go, oh, my gosh, this is not only in my neighborhood, this is my friend's house. And But, yeah, you have to take a different mindset of. You do. It, okay. You have to You have to be prepared for it when it happens. I would assume that's hard to do. It is. Uh, but once you get that mindset that, okay, this individual is just like any other individual, doesn't matter what kind of relationship that you have uh, as far as uh, being a friend or even family members. Uh, there are instances when you may be too close to somebody, yeah, uh, especially as an investigator. Uh, if it's a family member and it, it could be your wife's side of the family. Uh, but if you're dealing with somebody that's a family member, then you, you probably want to take a step back and say, Hey, uh, investigator so-and-so, why don't you handle this case? Yes. I'm a little too close to the, uh, yes, the situation. 
We're talking with Mansfield ISD Chief of Police Greg Minter, and we will pick up the conclusion next week, including, yep, the ever-popular lightning round. As always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, support this podcast. If you haven't already, so you never miss an episode, it is free and it is easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. That is my promise to you. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Sports, Jonathan Dodd. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. This podcast is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this... is about Mansfield.